Welcome back, everybody. It's the Betting Pros College Football Show. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Thor Nystrom at Thor KU on the Twitter machine. Uh, Going to be a big weekend. We've got a lot to talk about here, Thor. We've got, you know, Maxion going tonight, which is going to be done by the time uh, we get here. But we got Thursday games. We got Friday games. We've got so many games with over 95% cash in one direction whether it's spreads or totals. We have huge games this week. Tennessee, Georgia, obviously the biggest one. And then, of course, at the end, we'll go over your favorites of the week here. But how did your week nine go? I ended up five and five. I got backdoored on three of my games. Really, really aggravating. But, uh, you know, uh, how was your uh, week nine, Thor? We're in the double digits now. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Yeah, we we, we did all right. Um and yeah, there was another good weekend of college football. And now that we got Maxion back, it's it's just a great time of the year. And uh, we got, like you were mentioning, we got a couple of enormous games coming up this weekend. So excited to talk about them. And the playoff rankings dropped uh, on Tuesday as well. Did you have any objections with the playoff rankings or do you not care because it's this early and all this is going to get sorted out or um, what do you think about the initial playoff rankings? Yeah, I, I have a confession to make. I, I don't really, I don't really pay that much. I mean, like, you know, you see it, but like, I, I don't yeah. watch the show or like, I don't pay any attention until um, like the last week or two. Cause it feels like fodder, just like talking is. points and things yeah, like it's, that. It's just setting know. up arguments and disagreements where it's, it's unnecessary. I, I, I guess, you know, the good part of it is you have uh, transparency and, like sure. the way they see it at the time. But yeah, I just, I, I, I don't care until, until we get near the end, but it was interesting Tennessee being number one. I mean, I, they just have the best resume. I don't know why people were that surprised. Like they lose to Georgia this week and they'll move down in the standings and they won't have the best resume. Like, but right now you got a big win over Bama. The, their first win against Bama, what 15, 16 years. Right. And uh, you beat Kentucky and you didn't just beat Kentucky. You stomped Kentucky. You and I were texting about that. You're like, your side won so big. It screwed your total, which is exactly what happened on that one. So, uh, you know, it's Tennessee has the best resume. They should be ranked number one. But, you know, unless they beat Georgia, which I don't think many people are predicting right now, uh, then they will not be ranked number one next week. And that's all that matters is uh, that they get it right at the end, which is, you know, questionable as well it doesn't really matter how many teams that you have going the playoff you know if it's four five and six are going to complain if it's 12 13 and 14 are going to complain that's just the way it's going to go and we're still going to have talking points uh moving forward even with the playoff expansion coming in a couple of years but let's get into the week 10 slate here thor we're going to start with thursday we got two games utep uh, plus three and a half at home versus rice 47 and a half is the total on that one coastal carolina also getting points at home, plus three versus App State, 64, the total in that game. So starting with Thursday, do you have a lean on either one of those games? Um, the the Rice-Utep one, I, I looked into a decent amount because my system had Rice minus uh, 6.7 in that game. And it, you know, <laughs> want to talk about the classic bounce back spot after you. <laughs> You just got, it wasn't that you just got upset by the 17 point underdog Charlotte at home. It's it's, they blew your doors off. Um, but in, in the handicap, like the on-field handicap, every, every strength was nullified by a weakness basically on both sides. So I just, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get there, you know, as far as like yeah, take, right. t- taking rice, whatever. I, I think Utah matched up. Okay. But definitely not good enough for me to uh, trust them either. So um, I, I'm I'm staying away from that one. The um, Appalachian State Coastal Carolina game, uh, I do have a lean on that one. I, I lean Appalachian State. Uh, my line on that game is Appalachian State minus four point eight. Okay. Apple Appalachian State is the number one team in the entire nation at avoiding havoc. So their offense at suppressing Ooh. that. Um, they also have a good passing attack, of course. And this is the point I'm getting to. Coastal Carolina has one of the worst secondaries that I've seen all season. They are awful, 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 awful. And I know that whatever pass rush Coastal Carolina has is not getting to chase Bryce. So he is going to get to tee off on that thing. Um, I'm not sure that that, that the three points that that is enough. I I, I like Appalachian state in that one. I like it. Uh, Friday. We have three games here. 
Boston College is plus nine and a half at home versus Duke. 47 is a total on that way. One, I mean, Boston College has been miserable. UConn is laying 15 and a half because they're hosting UMass, and UMass is miserable. 40 is the total on that one. And then Washington is a four-point home favorite against Oregon State. 54 and a half the total in that one. So uh, for the Friday games, do you have any good leans there? I love that Jim Moore is favored by 15 and a half. Take, <laughs> we were talking last hour about some of these incredible year one jobs that are being done yeah. way under the radar. Mike McIntyre performing magic with America's team FIU. You got <laughs> Clay Helton taking over the triple option team and immediately turning them into a solid uh, I mean, you said team. We all expect them to go one and 11 because when you Absolutely. go from one extreme to the other extreme, it's just like, well, this roster doesn't have anything you want. And he is making it work. They beat James Madison as soon as they were ranked. So, uh, yeah, Georgia Southern has been very impressive. Yeah, and, and in the same state as Jeff Collins. Man, Jeff Collins must have been really unhappy with what Clay Helton is doing. <laughs> He's like, come on, guys. I, I need I need a year five. Uh, I, I took over a triple option team. Like, what do, what do you want from me? And the Clay yeah, I'm sure Helton that didn't help his case, and, right? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. It, it made it even worse. Um, but we, we got another one. Awesome one there with, with Jim Mora. Um, th- those guys have been all three of those guys have done an absolutely fabulous job. Um, that one I can't touch because it's a fair line. And it's crazy yeah. to say that um, with, with UConn, a team that yeah, it was another team we thought was going to win one or two games this year. But my addressed line on the game is, is UConn minus 14.7. You can toss in that the extra the, the you know point discrepancy with motivation. UConn is getting real close to get to, you know, for, to beat a ball team. I mean, like, and yeah. that's obviously what they're playing for or whatever. UMass doesn't have much left to play for. Um, I can't touch that because of where the line is, but those would be my thoughts with the, the Duke uh, Boston college game. My line on that one is Duke minus 6.1, but that doesn't bake in the possibility that Jerkovac will be out. And I, you know, Jerkovac had gotten knocked out of the last game and it didn't look very good. Uh, neither did Boston college's backup quarterback. Uh, and then Zay Flowers, uh, Zay Flowers have gotten nicked up. I, I don't think that he'll be, his status is in question, um, but you're starting his to His status watch. should be preparing for the draft. Well, I mean, come on. It, the, the chatter has already begun. Um, yeah. and, and I hope that um, any of the players that, that uh, you know, they decide to opt out, I, I hope it's all an immediate announcement as opposed to some of these injury ones, the surprises yeah. that we've gotten in some of these games. I, I wouldn't expect him to just like, you know, all of a sudden you don't see him out there. That's like, oh yeah, he opted out. Um, but um, that, that's something to get closer to looking at. And it speaks to the the motivation thing on the Boston College side. The season's already gone. It, it, it's away from you. So even though my system's showing, you know, three and a half points of theater, theoretical line value on Boston College, that can be explained away by the things that I just said. I can't touch that game. And then the the other one, the last one was uh, Oregon State and and Washington. Washington laying four and a half. That's the one on Friday I got to lean on. I lean Oregon State in that game. My my line on that game is Washington minus three. And I think that Oregon State matches up decently well in that game. Um, or, the Oregon State uh, run defense and the Washington uh, pass defense both stink. And the weird part of the game and the matchup is that both offenses want to do the other thing, right? But like, um, you know, because like you could tee off on, yeah. on the Oregon State run defense. That's what you want to do. But Washington, they throw the ball more on running downs. Yeah, and, Penix and standard has been downs great. Almost anyone. Yeah. And, and the system is just about it's about the pass, right? Like that that's what they're led by. So they're not going to be just sort of mercilessly nitpicking it or, you know, nicking uh, Oregon State's defensive weakness. It's not the way they play and vice versa, right? Like Oregon State wants to establish the run, um, you know, and then they'll they'll do the play action stuff downfield. That's the way that they play, but the Washington pass defense is is an abomination. Um, but but you know, like the the Oregon State, they're they're strong. They also are are pretty solid on on the pass defense. I think they'll be able to slow Penix enough that to, to make them viable in this game where you're catching four and a half points on the road. So I do prefer the Beavers in that one. Yeah, I think I do too. I don't have a great lean, but I I would definitely take Oregon State uh, in the points there. Now let's move over to the cash games and. I ha- I was texting with Thor earlier in the day and, and we had to change it up because there are, I think there's fewer people betting. I think a lot of people have lost their role 
at this point, right? Uh, just because that's what happens in the overall betting world. The casuals, the deeper in the season it goes, the, the more the casuals drop off, right? So we're getting a bigger discrepancy and we're getting more cash laid on one side or the other, specifically earlier in the week. It's just a trend that I've noticed for about four or five weeks in a row now uh, where, you know, casual betters drop off, you know, we're more sharps around here. So, but so what I did was for the spreads and totals was I found the ones that were over 95% and then we're at least 20% off on the tickets. So that's what we have. So there's way more than uh, just these six games. And I believe it's six for the spreads and, and four for the totals. Um, so 10, there's way more than these 10 that have 95 plus cash on one side. I just found the ones with the big differences. So here we go. Let's talk about uh, the spreads first. I'll list them all out. You tell me the ones that you like here. Um, Memphis plus three and a half at home versus UCF is getting 98% cash, but only 45% tickets. This is Wednesday. So this is all going to change. Uh, Utah state minus 16 and a half at home versus New Mexico, 95%, but only getting 68% of the tickets. Uh, Washington state minus five at Stanford, getting 97% of the cash, only 70% of the tickets, Oregon laying 31 and a half versus Colorado 95% cash, 63% tickets. That one I think is easy. It's just because of the giant line. FIU plus 21 and a half at North Texas. We talked about this on uh, stages a little bit before Thor. 98% cash and 55% tickets. And the biggest discrepancy that we have, I mean, this one in the Memphis one, Fresno State minus 27 and a half versus Hawaii, 99% cash and only 49% of the tickets. So, um, which one of these games do you have a good lean on? And uh, I, I see that Cheshire grin you have there. So these are some interesting games, right, Thor? They are. They are. Um, the, the Memphis one against UCF, my my system actually had UCF favored by, by more. It was like five or something like that. But you have the Plumlee status issue. Um, you know, is Plumlee going to play, whatnot? And then the other thing is Memphis actually matches up decently well in that one. Um, but I'm, I'm never betting on Ryan Silverfield again. Um, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a promise. A I personal made rule. Yeah. I, I, get I, it. I, I made that over a year ago. So it's, it's either fade Silverfield <laughs> or, or, or you stay away. Um, definitely not back in Memphis in that one. Um, the, the Utah state, New Mexico, that, that one is kind of interesting to me. So you're saying the money is on Utah state. Yeah, the money is on Utah State with uh, 95% laying 16 and a half, but only 68% of the tickets. So, I mean, it's still a majority of the tickets are on Utah State laying the points, but that discrepancy is so wide. Most of the time you see something like uh, 99% tickets and 93%, uh, you know, or 99% cash, 93% tickets. It's not usually this big a gap. Yeah, I, I I disagree with all of them. Um, that, th this is a very uh, weird line. Um, I, I don't know why Utah State is laying nearly 17 points to, to any team, uh, even upper tier FCS teams. I, I would I would do that on. What is Utah State showing this year? Yeah, and and they also have they have their own quarterback issues. Like I, I I'm not really sure what what people are seeing in this one. New Mexico can also play uh, defense and we'll see if like New Mexico's offense stinks. Yes, but they, they do the, the option thing, which for some teams is a really big problem. And, and Utah state does not have a good defense. So, I mean, like if, if New Mexico can at least nick them for a little bit of yardage to at least give their defense uh, some rest time. It's not just that I think Utah, or I'm sorry, that New Mexico can stay within the number. Like I also think they have a shot to win this game outright. So I, I I'm baffled by this this number and this line movement. My line on that game is Utah State minus four point eight, which is bigger than a ten point discrepancy, which I almost never see. Um, so we'll see. I'm I'm willing to go down on this ship on this one. Um, that's fine. Uh, I'll be take <laughs> I'll be I'll be on New Mexico one way or the other. Um, the Washington State Stanford game. That's a mess of a handicap. I don't want any part of that. That's I, fair. I, I looked into that game and I just there's just nothing there for me. 
Um, and those are two teams too, that have been hard for me to put my finger on this year. So I, that one is an easy pass for me. We talked about the Oregon and Colorado game on, on the other show. Um, I, I could not lay that many points with, with Oregon on the road heading into altitude against a team that at least has shown us that they have a pulse since they fired their head coach. Colorado is awful, of course, but they're, they're at least giving effort. And for, for Oregon to just waltz in there and, and blow them out by, by bigger than this number, not only would Oregon have to give effort, you sort of have to hope that Colorado doesn't as well. I'm not sure you're going to get that. I, I, I definitely can't lay that. I also can't trust Colorado at home, but I'm, I'm not laying that many points uh, with, with Oregon there. Um, what was the, the next one? Uh, the next one was FIU plus the 21 and a half uh, at North Texas. And oh, yeah, America's team. Fresno State minus 27 and a half versus Hawaii. Those are the last two there. Yeah, um, I I would love to back America's team FIU in this game, but uh, <laughs> um, North North Texas has been really good this year. They they've sort of been eye opening good. If if North Texas shows up and goes a hundred percent, and we get we get you know their sort of a effort, yeah, they're going to cover this game. And and what Bogman and I were talking about last last hour was, you know, I, I just as a thought experiment, you know, like you know, going back to the time that. America's team played. Can I just call them America's team? And I, I mean, refer to it, not like I have control over you. You're okay, just doing great. it anyway. So, so um, America's team goes and plays UTSA, <laughs> and and they, you know, there was the whatever it was, 33 point spread or whatever. And UTSA went into that game and played an extremely vanilla game on offense. They were not running tempo as fast as they usually do, and their players appeared to uh, have their minds on other things. They they still won by 20, of course, but they were they were never really a threat to cover the number that they had been given because UTSA, I mean, they knew they were going to beat them either way. Right. And so like, why do we give our, I mean, they were literally playing a defensive lineman at left tackle for his first offensive line start ever in that game. Uh, Yeah. I remember that because I bet on UTSA because I had already bet on WKU to crush FIU and that worked out so well. And I thought UTSA showed up in that one. Maybe yeah. a little bit better, but uh, no. And that, and, 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 and that goes to my point is like, do we get a yeah. WKU effort out of UNT in this game? And maybe there's a better shot of that because FIU is now four and four. And you well, can't... also they need one more win to get a, a to qualify for a bowl, right? And there you go. Yeah, you, you know they they play UAB next week. They you know North Texas played week zero, so they're already five and four. They've already played nine games. So yeah. uh, you they play UAB next week. Uh, on the road, and like you said, if Hopkins is back, we don't expect UN, uh, UNT to win that game. We, we would be taking UAB. The last game is Rice, and look, that's a coin flip, right? Like, I think UNT should win, right? But that's because they're at home. But that's way more coin flippy than it has been in the past with Rice, so you would think they will give maximum effort in this game just to solidify that bowl spot, right? Yeah, I, yeah, and and you would... You certainly can't project that they won't, which right, right, like is when you would you would for sure take the points. My line on this game is very close to what the the line out there is. Um, I got uh, North Texas minus nineteen point two, so it's not a big enough discrepancy for me either way. And with with the motivation, I'm just staying away from that one. Um, and then the uh, the Fresno State Hawaii game, um, I think a lot of that money coming in is you got Hayner back now and Hayner, you know, he, he went in last week and still knocking off some of the rust. Um, sure. they, they really scuffled against San Diego. I thought San Diego state was going to win that game for a long portion of it. Um, and Hayner ended up throwing a couple interceptions. They Fresno state had some real trouble with the dual threat uh, quarter. I was about to call him a dual threat safety. Cause that's the position he came from in, in, <laughs> in Maiden. San Diego state who had struggled to fight a quarterback for years ran into one by grabbing a, a transfer from Mississippi state that they intended to play at safety through sheer luck on, on a couple of different levels. But um, you know, it, it, that's what happened there, but Hawaii has been playing better now. Um, so like they're going to, you're going to at least get effort out of them. Cause one of the things you were, you were wondering about earlier in the year is it looks so awful coming out and it's like, well, are they also going to give up on this season? but they haven't, they, they figured out a couple things and the, the effort is still there. 
but that's not a game that I have any interest in betting on. My my line on it is uh, Fresno State minus 25.4. I, for me, it, it would have to be Hawaii or pass, but I'm not going to trust Hawaii in that spot with Hayner back. All right, so four totals that meet the same criteria, and these are way more extreme. At least one of them is. Uh, Missouri versus Kentucky under 99% cash, 52% of the tickets. This is the big one. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Georgia Tech under 40 and a half is getting 97% of the cash, but 86% of the tickets are on the over in this game because of this low total. So that is the biggest discrepancy of anything uh, that we've had all season is Virginia Tech and uh, Georgia Tech under 40 and a half. Like I said, 97% tickets uh, or cash, 14% tickets. That is just extreme. Uh, Louisiana Tech versus Middle Tennessee under 63 and a half is 95% cash, 67% tickets. And Boise State versus BYU uh, under 54 and a half. 96% uh, cash, 51% tickets. So uh, bigger discrepancies here, uh, specifically with that Vatech Georgia Tech game. So uh, do you have a good lean in any of these games? Once again, all going under. I think unders have just been a trend in the NFL and college football recently. So they're getting bet on way harder uh, over like the last two to three weeks, I feel like. So um, uh, thoughts on any of these four games, Thor? Yeah, the... Um... The both of Missouri and uh, Kentucky and Boise State BYU, my my uh, total is pretty close to to what the uh, the Vegas the one is. is. So yeah. I I wouldn't be interested in those. The the one that you brought up that um I I uh, have a ticket on it might make my column is I I I was looking pretty heavily into that Virginia Tech uh, Georgia Tech one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, <laughs> both both. <laughs> Both of, both of those offenses are real, real bad. And and Virginia Tech can at least play a little bit of defense. The um the do you know the status of Jeff Sims right now? You might no get that. idea. Okay. If Jeff Sims doesn't play, I believe that we're gonna see that Georgia Tech true freshman quarterback three again because I don't know what the hell happened to Zach Gibson. He last year he had a 10 to nothing TDIT ratio to Akron, like you know, completed like six, <laughs> 65% of his passes and all this. And he has been arguably the worst FBS quarterback any school when he has been on the field this year. And they had to yank him in the last one. So I, I, I think it's going to be the, the true freshman for them. Is that um, Pyron? Pyron. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, Kelly, uh, Kelly Quinlan says uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. Jeff Sims is full speed this week per key. Uh, will will be Sims uh, will be Sims or Zach Pyron on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 like you said, it's going to be one of those two for sure crazy that a guy that had a 10 to nothing uh, tdi and t ratio in the fbs last year is unplayable at georgia tech but here we are <laughs> here we are um the the so that is the the one of these that i would consider um as you know bogman i don't trust anything coaches say about the injury stuff unless yeah. it's like a thousand percent you know where they can get caught if they if it goes the other way um the other stuff i i don't you know we'll see so you know, Sims or Pyram, but um, the under is the look for me on that game. My my system's total on that was, I think, 37 and a half, something like that. Um, so it was, yeah, 37 and a half. So it was already under what the, the total was. And when you start to go through the handicap of like, you know, the one run game against the other run defense, you know, whatever, it, it starts to get really hard to see where the yards are going to come from on either side, especially Pirates playing. Um, at least the Sims is playing, uh, Jordan Tuck could try to dick dab a little bit with him running out of the pocket and you're going to get a few more completions, whatever. But like, um, I, I don't know, uh, Virginia Tech's defense definitely has the, uh, advantage over Jordan Tech's offense and Virginia Tech's offense doesn't really move the ball on anybody. So I, I, the under would be the, the angle for me on that. Um, and then the other one, the, the other one was. Did you say middle Louisiana Tennessee? Tech and, and middle Tennessee? Well, yeah. who, who are people on in that one? A 95% on the under and 67% uh, are on the, um, the under as well. So it's just so a big discrepancy. Under? Yeah. Uh, okay. Everything's under. Yeah. So my interest. So my system has the over under at 68 and a half. Um, but there are some, um, 
I, I looked into this handicap a bit, um, and because it was also a weird line on the side of this game, um, where it was, um, where with, with middle, like where the you know being favored on the road like that, I and and I, I've been handicapping middle Tennessee games pretty hard this year because they're such a matchup specific team, but. Louisiana Tech doesn't fall into one of the buckets where you can either easily bet on MTSU or fade them. So, like, I, I had a hard time with that. And then also, I don't think MTSU's offense is going to be quite clicking um, the way like it has in some of these other games where they've outperformed expectation. So, you know, like, I my system sort of likes the over, but I, I definitely would not bet the over in that one. I can't get to the under either, but that's where I'd be on that one. All right, let's go over to... The big five games of the week as picked by yours truly here. Um, and we're going to start out. Let's just go. Let's go big. Let's start out with the uh, the biggest one here. Number three, Georgia, eight and a half point home favorites against number one, Tennessee. The total is 66. How do you see this game playing out, Thor? My lean would be to Tennessee. Um, on the line though, there's not a ton of excess value. You're going to be able to find better value in other games, but I know people are going to want to bet this one. Cause it's such a big one. Going to want to watch it. Yeah, exactly. It like, I, I think the fair line in this game, it would be Georgia minus seven. And so I, I think you can absolutely argue that there is a point of line value on Tennessee, but like what percentage of the games will that going from seven to eight ever come into play? Do you th- would you rather um, like buy the alternative line and, and do Georgia by a touchdown or bet Tennessee? Say that one more time. Would you rather like buy an alternate, an alternate line of like Georgia minus seven or wait to see if it drops? Cause people might be betting uh, Tennessee. I haven't seen the cash in this game, or would you rather bet Tennessee plus the eight and a half? Well, I wouldn't, I would not give up more of, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I would juice. Yeah. You don't, yeah, don't want to give up the juice. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not laying minus whatever it be. What, what one seventy or whatever, like probably on, on Georgia to like buy that down to seven. Um, Cause that, that's where I think the objectively fair line is. So I like, if it was Georgia minus seven, in my opinion, it should be minus one ten, Right. So okay. I, I would, yeah, I would yeah. never, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, you know, Tennessee, that would be my lean in this game. They, they, they've overcome obviously the, the, you know, everything that's been put in front of them. The other thing is they, you know, and you have to sort of toss out the situational spot with them because they've overcome so many of those. But the other thing is the health thing is in Tennessee's favor here. They got back Cedric Tillman last week. They brought back that safety that had been arrested and, you know, they suspended him for one game. He, he McCall, I think his name, he, he's back as well. And on the Georgia side, they, their best pass rusher was just ruled out for the entire season and a first round prospect. And then in addition to that, Jalen Carter, who was not only a first round prospect, people were talking about him as a potential top five overall pick. It might it's be been, a future stealer right there. I would not mind be, that. Might be. He, he, it's been it's been tough for him all season. He has been battling this nagging injury. They tried to play him through it situationally off the bench. Then they withheld him for multiple games. He, he's the defensive version of Jackson Smith and Jake, but is, is what it is. <laughs> and he did play the limited snaps in the last game. Uh, he does not appear to be anywhere close to 100%. Um, so it, it looks like they're going to try to play him situationally again in this game. But the whole upshot being is Georgia's two biggest studs in the front seven. One of them is done for the season. And the other one is, you know, it's like a 60% discount on, on that guy. And he also only plays, you know, 40% of the snaps, like if he can in a given game or whatever, and is a threat at any point to get yanked out of the game with another aggravation of that injury. So you, the, the, the front seven up there is, has taken a shot. Um, it, that is going to at least allow Hendon Hooker to have more time in the pocket. The pass rush for Georgia is not going to be as good. And I also think, I mean, but the rest of Georgia defense obviously is nasty. So that, that the, the interesting thing is going to be Hooker having, having, you know, more time than you would anticipate both these teams being at hundred percent, getting Tillman back, but going against the Georgia secondary, that's going to be really interesting from like the NFL draft uh, evaluation perspective on the other side the, the thing that Georgia wants to do on offense, of course, is establish the run. You're going right into the strength of the Tennessee defense. That's they're good at that. They can shut down your run game. I they, wonder if they're 
if they're good at that because they're good at that, or if they're good at that because they get a big lead on everyone. I can answer that. They're, they're, they're good okay. at that. They're okay. okay. And, and their front is good because the pass rush is there as well. And, and you saw that last game with Levis where Levis, yeah. it was, it, what was this? What was the same Darnell quote? He was seeing ghosts everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh boy. He, they were in Levis's head real early Tennessee's defensive weakness. It's in the secondary. Right. And so th- this was the big mistake that I made was like, Oh, you know, we'll leave us. It's, it's his big NFL draft opportunity and he's going to get to tee off on, on this bad secondary. Um, I wasn't anticipating how well or how effective Tennessee's pass rush would be against Kentucky's offensive line. And also how much Levis's game would decline in the face of that, not only on plays where it got there, also on some plays where it didn't. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. probably something that's going to be talked about during Levis's uh, evaluation as well. Um, it, it, in, in, in this one, it's, it's going to be interesting too, because Tennessee is going to be able to slow Georgia's running game to a certain point, right? But st- this is a good matchup for Stetson Bennett if Georgia's offensive line can hold up and give him the time, right? Because if, if you get time back there against Tennessee secondary, especially with the weapons that Bennett has, like Tennessee don't have anyone to cover Bowers, even in addition to all the stuff that I said. But like, that that's advantage them. Can Tennessee's pass rush get there? Um, and, and, and certainly Bennett will be able to, to move around a little bit, but that's what we thought about Levis too, right? Like they, they, they can get there. Just in terms of the overall matchup, the health situation of both these teams, uh, my increasing confidence uh, in, in Tennessee after they literally overcome everything, I, I I would have to take the eight points as a lean. But again, I, I want to stress the point that there's not the amount of, of theoretical value in this game on the line either way uh, that there is on a lot of other games out there. Yeah, I understand that. By the way, uh, just looking through it here, that um, it would be minus 130 for Georgia minus seven. So not as much, oh, uh, not as much juice uh, as we thought, but uh, still, I, I, I understand that. I kind of like to play the lines that were given um, number four, Clemson three and a half point road favorites at Notre Dame. Uh, the total is 44 on that game. Thor, where are you going there? Market seems to be telling us something on this game too. Seems, seems like some heavy hitters in the market really like Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's going to take some real cojones to bet on Notre Dame in, in this game against Clemson. Um, but I mean, for- it doesn't matter what I do with Notre Dame. I lose. If I pick them, I lose. If I pick against them, I lose. So I just I have written Notre Dame out of my betting narrative. I just won't do it anymore. If you haven't lost money on Notre Dame this year, you don't sports gamble. Is yeah. Is. <laughs> 100%. You at least don't bet on college. So that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. The, um, and, and interestingly, and a part of this was the market data that, that we were getting in, which again is, is indicating that some heavy hitters in the marketplace like Notre Dame in this game, my line on this game dropped all the way to, I only have Clemson as a favorite in this game by, 0.1 point. So basically pick them. Yeah. What, what my line is dropped to. Um the Clemson accord th- three. Sure, you put a massive amount of money on Notre Dame, then, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> I can't bet on Clemson. <laughs> I, I, I can't based based on based on the stuff that I got, I, the data that I got, I, I cannot bet on Clemson here. For me, it would be Notre Dame or pass. And I would totally understand someone who says I cannot bet on Notre Dame in this spot because it's gonna take some courage to do so, but for me, it, it would be that side or nothing. You need the stones. You have the stones. Are you betting on Notre Dame? I was being sarcastic. Uh, are you doing it? Um, I will have a ticket on Notre Dame. Oh, and, look at that. We're going after it. Let's yeah, get it. And and uh, they, they they have not been crossed off my column list yet. I don't finalize that okay. until, until late on Wednesday night. And yeah. at, at this point, usually on Wednesdays, I, I'm down to like 18 for to get into the 10 slots. That one is still on, on you know, in my thing. Just be, again, because of the compelling data that, that I have on Notre Dame in this one. But I am just as afraid as anybody. Like, it's not like my feelings are different than anybody else's. Sure. Right? It's just like, sometimes the data is like, you know, bro, you you sort of have to give up your... Some of these times where you've watched Notre Dame and you've just been like, I'm never betting on this team again. Um, so like you know, every time I, I bet them, right. Yeah. yeah I, I'm trying to sort of, you know, uh, release that and just sort of <laughs> objectively look at the thing. It, it, it is hard, especially, you know, with, with Clemson, they've, they earlier in the season, I, I had more, you know, I, I guess on defense, um, the, the defensive play better, 
the quarterback thing is going to be interesting. Obviously, DJU is going to start in this one, but um, we know that. I mean, they- he could not be the Clemson starter ever again midway through this game. Uh, For and, sure. And, and that would not His be shocking. That's why you can't so bet short. Clemson. Uh, but I'm telling you, every time I pick Notre Dame, I'm wrong. So just for everyone's sake, I will not bet one way or the other. So you're all welcome. I won't do it. Listen to Thor. Uh, like like Thor said, Notre Dame or stay away. And I am 100% with you just for the sheer fact of the quarterback mess that's in Clemson. Not even like, you know, my history with blah, 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 whatever. That's all goofy. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just could be major changes made it at uh, uh, number Clemson and they're number four. So it all looks that's why they're getting the favor, but they're on the road quarterback issues. No, thanks. For I'm sure. absolutely with you. Um, how about number six, Alabama uh, giving 13 and a half points on the road against Number 10 LSU, according to the CFP here, which is interesting. 56 and a half is the total there. Uh, another enormous game this weekend, Thor. Uh, didn't think it was going to have this much uh, with it because LSU was ugly to start the year. They've kind of seemingly figured it out here. So where are we going in this game? They really have kind of figured it out, right? They, they're they just sort of ascending, ascending, ascending. Uh, certainly gotten better. And, um, you know, I, I made this point a few times this year, but like, that that Florida State LSU game it sticks in everyone's head more than any other game this season just because of when it was played you know on that Monday night in the open, like literally everybody is watching because there wasn't football on but like LSU actually did all play Florida State in that game and they you know lost a, a little bit less than a coin flip or whatever but since then they've like I said gotten better and better and better uh Daniels has looked awesome in in, in recent weeks where he's come back from the dead of a guy that I didn't think had any shot to play in the NFL after watching him last year, where now he's going to be considered again. Um, and credit to Brian Kelly for, for all that stuff. You got a night game here in Baton Rouge on a Saturday night. Uh, I, I'm sniffing on the, I'm sniffing on the home dog here. I'm going to take the points with, with LSU again, they've been playing well recently. There's the, the chinks in the armor with Alabama that we have seen recently as well. Both teams come in off of a bye. I actually think that benefits LSU more than uh, uh, Alabama, or I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that, that it benefits. Uh, I, I looked back at the schedule and then I thought, I thought I was, <laughs> I, I was wrong. It's like, no, I actually am not. You're second guessing uh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was going off memory with this statement, but then I looked back and then I thought that, the, that what there was an opponent in one of the slots. So anyways, sorry about that. But um, I, I think it benefits uh, LSU more than, than it does Alabama because, uh, Alabama is such a they're one of those teams that we talk about where like there are specific parts of their team that are, that are just absolutely elite and you you just you know you can't contain it you just hope that you can uh you know hold it down like a little bit or, or deal with it enough where it's not going to run sure. you over but there's other parts on that team where now they've become you don't want to say weaknesses guys you know it's the, Alabama doesn't really have true weaknesses but we're like you can actually legitimately attack them where they are absolutely mortal at, at some of these spots. Um, the, the offensive line is way down on Alabama. The receiving core is shockingly down uh, yeah. with the receiver play that, that we have I mean, seen. You might be able to just call it bad. You know, it has not been good for them. Uh, I'll say it at, Which would be at, a stunning statement any other time, but you, you're not wrong. It's neutral. Like, and at least for what we've seen from Bama, it's bad. You know, maybe not comparatively uh, across the rest of the country, it's bad, but for what we're used to from Alabama, it yeah. has been bad. We're, we're used to, to seeing these, like, the perimeter on both sides, right? Like, the, the receivers yeah. and the cornerback. We're used to seeing all they're the- all getting They're all getting drafted. I mean, Devontae yeah, well, Smith won the Heisman a couple of years ago. Well, you know? I mean, like, yeah, but, like, you know, every year they were certain guys in the NFL. They'd still be awesome the next year. This this is the year where it, it finally – people were waiting for it to finally drop off, and it, and it has. Um, at, at both the wide receiver and the cornerback position. And then also the offensive line, which is also just like a, was, was, you know, an NFL uh, turnstile or not turnstile uh, NFL conveyor belts was the one turnstile <laughs> is a negative uh, connotation on offensive lines. That's but, a uh, tackle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, the, all three of those spots are down this year and, you know, LSU is, I think has the advantage up front uh, against Bama LSU's wide receivers, 1 million percent, have the advantage over Alabama's cornerbacks. This is going to come down to Daniels. Uh, Daniels obviously is led by the, the foot of his dual threat ability, but you also have to delineate extra defensive resources to deal with that, which thins you out on the backside. 
can he hit the guys who are going to be running open downfield or even, or even short, right? Like, um, and, and he has passed better in, in recent weeks, but like LSU has a legitimately good receiving core going up against this, this down and also inexperienced uh, Alabama uh, secondary Th- that stuff. Plus again, the spot being at home night game, Baton Rouge, getting all the points that you're getting with an Alabama team that is definitely not as good as it has been the last couple of years. And I'll, I'll take an L on this one. I, I thought this Alabama team could be one of the better uh, teams like in the last like 20 years. Th- they have not been because of the depreciation at those positions, right? Like I mean, Gibbs has absolutely offered them a ton. Bryce Young has been, uh, been everything. Those two have been with the injuries. Yeah. But everything else, everything been, else, man, you know, average for the sec i guess we would say the the line and and the wide receivers and you know not not they still get pressure linebacking core still is okay but but the secondary has been rough too so you also have like all the penalties it's been weird 17 against tennessee they were down to three last week so you know you think okay but still aren't they gonna get these guys under control but yeah 15 or something they're not uh, they, they for a period they were dead last so Mm -hmm. i will uh i will look real quick and see uh where they're at let me just take a look right here they are 120th so they've moved up 11 spots from 131 uh to discipline that that they have shown but still it's 69 penalties so far this year and 32 of them uh or excuse me 33 of them were um against uh tennessee and texas because it was 16 against Texas, 17 uh, against Tennessee. So this is a big game again. So are we going to see undisciplined football from Alabama, which is a big question. And this is Bama still a top, you know, probably the best team in the country in terms of talent. Uh, Georgia right there as well. I know a lot of people are uh, say Texas has a lot of talent. They never perform like it, but um, you know, uh, this is the most beatable Alabama team we've seen in years and years. It so. one thousand percent is they're walking into one of the hardest, like like it's it's become cliche of of how hard it is to play in Baton Rouge on Saturday nights. That's how hard it is. It's like it's you know, but it is right. Like it that's, is. It's a legitimate thing. This is going to be a very very difficult environment again, especially with th- these positions that, like the Alabama offensive line and the penalty thing. And now you're in this effing hornet's nest. <laughs> where, where, where you're not gonna be able to hear anything. I mean, we'll see how that goes. The inexperience in the cornerback room, everything like that. I have to take the points here. I, I don't have another yeah. choice. You definitely cannot lay them without, the with Alabama. What about the total? Do you like anything on the total? Um, because I'm kind of feeling the under. If we think uh, you know, LSU is gonna bring the heat, uh, they're gonna be playing in front of a raucous crowd. Uh, on Saturday night against an undisciplined Bama team, I'm kind of feeling the under a little bit. Where are you uh, on the total? My my system has 56 and a half, which is it's exactly a, the number. Oh, is it? Oh, so it's fallen recently. Yeah. So yeah. Was, I mean, today I looked at it earlier today. I will double check uh, the betting pros line here. Uh, but uh, before I look, if, if looks that's like the case, I agree with that movement. It yeah. is 56 and a half everywhere oh wow okay all the places now yeah they they, uh, they finally so all got the to the correct number my number is we, yeah we, your we, number we yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they just opened up betting pros and went oh thor says 56 and a half we're gonna do that every why, why, why don't they um but yeah no like <laughs> with, with it like i i think i'd still shade it under for sure i'm like your lean would be my lean in that one as well even you know with with it hitting there because yeah I, I do think that the lsu defense can address some of the things Bama wants to do again through the, the some of these weaknesses we're talking about on the Alabama side. And then on the LSU side, you would have to imagine that the biggest thing that Brian Kelly wants to do in this game for his offense is stay on schedule. It's not like, oh, you know, we, we, we got to hunt for these, you know, four long plays that we can get yada, yada. No, he just wants to stay on schedule the, the whole time. Cause you know, not only then are you advancing the ball up the field, moving the chains, whatever, but he's going to want to give his defense rest against the, the wide open Bryce Young offense. You, you want to keep them down there a little bit. So you, I think you're going to see LSU meandering back to the line a little bit more after these runs. And obviously, you know, they, they have the, the backfield rotation at LSU, but but Daniels runs the ball so much, even on passing plays when he when he scrambles, he, he he's around double the the, the rushing attempts of the, the the number two guy on, on LSU. But like so many of those short throws, and then of course the runs, that they, they all end on a running clock. 
So I, yeah. I, I, I think I, I would lean the same way with you on that. All right. So we're running a little long, so we'll power through these last two games and then get to just a player or two uh, that you want to give us, Thor. So the last two that I listed here, uh, Texas by two and a half uh, over number 13, uh, Kansas State. Uh, in Kansas State, 54 and a half is the total. And NC State giving four and a half, number 22 to number 21, Wake Forest. Um, at NC State, 54 is the total there. Do you have a lean in either one of those games? My my lean in Texas, Kansas State would be on Kansas State. I'm not sure if it'll be a play for me, though, because that line has gotten to exactly. It's another one where it's gotten right around what my yeah. line is. My line on that game is Texas minus 2.3. It's down to 2.5. If, if it was still, you know, Texas favored by four and a half or whatever, like, or over a field or even a three, I I, I would be more apt to, to take Kansas State. But like where it's gotten now, it's it's literally the coin flip. So it, 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 the value it has just sort of evaporated from you there. But I, I like me just personally, the, the game just straight up, I would ever so slightly lean towards Kansas State winning it because I, I think they can do things that can give Kansas or I'm sorry, the Kansas State can do things that can give Texas trouble here. They slow the game down. They play sound defense. They tackle you even when you're in space. It's very uh, gap assignment sound. sound. Yes, sound so everything. Tackling yeah. sound, gap assignment, you know, you don't catch them out of place and you don't catch them attempting arm tackles. And then all of a sudden now the guy's got 80 yards to gallop downfield. They're going to make you work for every inch of it. I think that's going to frustrate Texas. Um, and you have the, you do have some of the health things still on the Kansas State side. Are we going to see Adrian Martinez? going to be Will Howard again. That part of it, though, I don't care as much as some other people because I, I think Will Howard at this point has proven that he's maybe not a one-to-one with Martinez, but it's a very small drop-off. So I, I, you know, as far as that goes, I wouldn't let that inform anything of the handicap, but like I said, with where my line is, you're, you're not getting much value. The over-under as well in that game is 40 uh, or 54 and a half. My, my one is 52 and a half. So, so I'm pretty close on that one as well. The North Carolina state wake forest game um, for me, that would be um, wake forest or nothing. Um, yeah, but it's sort of hard to sort of hard to bet on Wake Forest after you watch them in the last one. Uh, and Morris this, looked pretty good for NC State, I, I, right? Yes, and that's a great point. Yeah, because you know initially NC State, you know after Leary went down, it was like, oh, you know we have this this veteran uh, uh, noodle arm scrambler, this Jack Chambers kid, and that's who they put in initially, and he's just so limited. It you know he he had started in the FCS before, but it just was not going to translate in the in the FBS. Going to Morris was the correct decision, by the way, which is also what AM should do with Wiegman. He is very clearly the best quarterback on the roster now. So it's like, just go with him. Yeah. Um, and, and NC State did that. And they're going to be better off for that. But you have an inexperienced quarterback here, you know, in, 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 in Wake Forest defense isn't good, but you're going to get into the scenario where you would assume, in, in, unless we get third quarter, uh, Sam Hartman from the last game, that Wake Forest will do what they always do, which is put up points. <laughs> And, and that if, if nothing else, NC State's going to get out of their comfort zone with this young quarterback and having to try to keep up with them. But it's it's tough because I don't see a ton of line value either on either side of this thing. So I, I and, and then what we saw with Wake last week, I it's it's hard for me to just sort of bank on then having the, the bounce back performance above what I view as a dearth of line value on either side. I, I got to pass on that one. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, all right, Thor, uh, before we leave, give us a couple that, that you like. Well, g- give us one that you're really feeling this week. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think of, of ones that we have not talked about on this one. Um, did we did we talk about Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina? We did. We did. Yeah, oh, that, we was, did. Okay. Uh, that was an early oh, one. That, that was an early one. Um, yeah. Did we, we didn't talk about A&M Florida, did we? We didn't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I do lean AM in that game. You're at home. You got the home field advantage. Um, and Florida's run defense is awful. And, you know, with AM, you're always concerned because they, they're so low on offensive playmakers. It's like Anaya Smith that you're running out of names from there. But, like, <laughs> but in this game, Anaya, even like, you know, some of these other opponents have just been able to gang up on Anaya. And I, 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 you know, it's like, it, it sucks because Anias, he's this little small undersized back, very talented, but it's like, you know, it's like Anias against everybody, uh, but Florida doesn't have anybody. So Anias, Anias <laughs> should be able to do what, what he wants on the ground. Florida's defensive front stinks. Um, so, and, and the other thing I'd say about that game is 
even though AM is one game worse in the standings, they're a game better in second order wins. So it's yeah. a, a perception against reality in that one with a team that plays better at home anyway. I, I, I'm i on AM in that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that will wrap it up. And, and by the way, what is the, um, what's the line in that game, by the way? Is, is it a minus three and a half last time I saw it and M minus three. And a half. There's been a couple right. lines that have moved even when we've just been on the show. It's, it's kind of interesting. Maybe, maybe Wednesday is the time where, where the, the real money starts to pour in. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, right now it looks like, yeah, it's still three and a half everywhere. Uh, so that, that is, that with yeah, uh, I dude, I'm telling you, I just think that the casuals are losing their stacks and they're out. So you're getting more, uh, you know, sharps in here betting more sharks, you know, whatever you want to say it, the big money betters uh, are betting early because uh, that's what they do every single week. But that's not wrap- people are listening to our shows, Bogman. That's right. That's right. You got to wait. You got to wait till Thursday and hear what we have to say about it here, specifically Thor. So um, uh, thank you so much for listening at Thor KU on the Twitter. What do you got coming up, Thor? Uh, check out my show with Mike Farrell on Saturday morning. Starts at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern and I'm so bad at time zones starts at 10 a.m. Eastern and it goes until 1130 Eastern 30 30 minutes before kickoff it goes it goes for 90 minutes and we run through as many games as we can we give out side bets total bets uh player props we dive deep into that as well and we take audience questions the whole time so so definitely check that out live and definitely ask us some questions because we will answer any questions that you guys have absolutely awesome and you're doing a show with uh I know Thomas uh, has left us a little bit, but uh, you're doing a show with my partner in crime, with the Welsh. Boy. Yeah, I, I that's am. right. Yeah. Uh, th- that's been a fun one. He made some money off of you with that Ball State call uh, for the Maction. Uh, oh, I love that. Night. Yeah. So, yeah. W- yeah. Welsh has come in off the bench and is performing really well. You know, sometimes when, yeah. when the guy comes in, we've seen this in college this year, but he's been one of those QB2s <laughs> that, that has come in and, and looked pretty good so far. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, it, it, it's another... The, the that drops like, Mondays, right? Monday morning. It, it, it drops on Mondays. We we recorded on Sunday late afternoon or early evening. But it, the the value of that show is the 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 more, more value you're going to get on your bet is betting earlier in the week. And yeah. you know we put our columns out later in the week because you want to reflect the current line. If I put my column out on Monday morning, the lines by right. the time that, that most of the public is betting on Thursday or Friday, it's going to be way different, right? So you have to wait on that. But that show is is how we can tell you guys this these are the games where there's injuries on on one way or the other and these are the games that you should look into betting right away because these lines will move yeah exactly so uh check that one out as well my article drops tomorrow as well i five and five last week so i've still only had the one under 500 week i'm 16 games over uh on the season still so uh we're sitting pretty there but check that out and see if you're winning edge i do with uh, our friends Nick Allen and Xavier Trish as well. Please check that out and follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. That is it for us. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Good luck this weekend, and we will see you next week. Take it easy, everybody. Peace.